our creativity is holy, and it's intended to draw us closer to God. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for being our creator. And thank you for choosing to share your creativity with your creation. Help us to see you at work in us. Help us to more deeply commit to growth and creativity as we follow Jesus. And help us to see creative ways to participate in your kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so we were created to be creative. That's my premise this morning. Genesis 1, 1, a pretty commonly known verse. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, the earth was formless and empty. So the story begins with creativity, begins with a creative act. Now, there was a test done. I found this in Inc. Magazine 2018. I can give you all the stuff if you want to check my scholarship here. But a longitudinal test of creative potential in a NASA study found that, so they looked at the same group of kids over many, many years, okay? 1,600 four- and five-year-olds, that's who they studied, 98% of them scored at the creative genius level. I don't know who created the test. I don't know how they know what a creative genius is. But some sort of expert somewhere agreed that of these 1,600 four- and five-year-olds, 98% of them were creative geniuses. Five years later, when they were nine and 10 years old, 30% of the same group scored at the creative genius level. Five years later, 12% scored at the creative genius level. And when the same test was administered to those people when they were adults, it was found that only 2% scored at the creative genius level. So the story for us begins with creativity. And apparently, the story for us, when we're little people, begins with creativity. And then something happens. <laughs> um, the early part of our human life is rich with creativity. Why does it fade away? Is creativity something that only starts the story and then God just checks it off and, okay, that's done? That life has been created and is creative, done, moving on. Uh, we outgrow other things, right, from when we're children, so maybe we just outgrow creativity. I sure hope not because Revelation, the last book in our Bible, in the next to last chapter says that John in his vision of all that's coming, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. And Jesus is the one who's sitting on the throne. And he says, I'm making everything new. So our story begins with an act of creativity on the part of God. It also ends with an act of creativity on the part of God. So I'm going to propose this morning that perhaps our story as four and five-year-olds that begins with a lot of creativity can also end with a whole lot of creativity if we allow the Spirit of Jesus to transform our lives as we follow him in creative ways. All right, so, um, yeah, what if our creativity is holy? What if it is uniquely purposed for God? What if creativity is holy and growing in that is a part of our work as disciples? Committing to growing in our creativity is a part of discipleship. 
We are often told that we need to study the word to grow as disciples. We're told that we need to be in fellowship to grow as disciples. We're told that we need to pray to grow as disciples. These things are all true. Believe me, I'm not dissing a one of the things on that list. But I can't remember the last time I was told to lean into creativity as I follow Jesus. In fact, a whole lot of my life in the church has been spent being told what box I should fit into as I follow Jesus, rather than encouraging me to reach out for creative inspiration as I follow Jesus, to be asked, to be asking God, what if this? What if I considered this? What if I tried this? In Colossians 1, 16 and 17, this is kind of where we're sitting this morning, we find this creativity and being a disciple of Jesus all kind of coming together. For by him, Jesus, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Now, we're also told again and again and again in the scripture that the spirit of Jesus is in us and that we are in Christ, that somehow it's both at the same time, right? He is in us, which allows us to be in him, which means that he's in us, which means that we're in him. So if he is the one in whom all things were created, all of those things need to be a part of our lives when his spirit dwells in us. We are really a part of this creativity. And what kills me is this, all things hold together. So that's where we're going to go with this. Um, Jesus at the center of everything, holding it all together. You may have creativity that is not very visible. Maybe it's even visible to other people and it's not too visible to you. But it's there. Because a part of God's creation was things visible and invisible, right? And a part of his creation was things that hold power in our lives. And there are lots of things that we feel like have power over us, but we're not always that in touch with the power that we have to change things in the world around us for good because of the spirit of Jesus. Your creativity may not feel like it has a lot of power to make the world a better place, But what if it did? We know the power that creative problem solving brings, right? But along with that comes vulnerability. Because being creative means trying something differently than the box that you've been handled to autopilot in, right? People say, this is the way this works, do it this way and it will work. And if you fit in that box, you can kind of go on autopilot. But if you creatively say, I'm not sure this is the best way. I think we could try this. What if you're wrong? What if you make a royal, embarrassing mess all over the place? What if you lose something that you really wanted? I mean, we all know messes happen, right? If there's anyone in this room who has never made a mess, I don't want to be friends with you because you're intimidating. We make messes, right? And creativity makes us vulnerable because we could just guess wrong. We could have something that sounds like a great idea that could creatively solve this problem that could create another whole problem over here that we never saw coming. It's risky to be creative. Even if it doesn't clearly make a mess, what if you creatively solve a problem and other people don't think you solved the problem at all and they think you made a mess? And you're going, but it's, it's not a mess. And they're saying, yeah, it is. I don't like it. It's risky to be creative. 
It's risky because life is complicated. The world is complicated. We know it, we see it, we feel it. Everything is aging, it's dying, it's decomposing, it's falling apart. Sometimes we can't escape the sense that this is just chaos. So God bless you, friends. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. <laughs> Don't you feel inspired for life now? All right, let's not leave it there. Um, chaos. Chaos is a good word. Chaos, by definition, is complete disorder and confusion. And sometimes our life as a whole, sometimes sections of our life feel really chaotic. No order, lots of confusion. Ah, but that points us back to the beginning. Because when we were in Genesis 1, and God created, he created out of chaos. The Jewish tradition uses this, this phrase, well, it's actually a Latin phrase, but anyway, ex nihilo, that everything was created out of nothing. Ex is out of, nihil is nothing. Put it in the ablative and you've got ex nihilo. Okay, so out of nothing, everything the world. A couple weeks ago, Keith talked about the word cosmos and that it, it is the whole of creation, that God so loved the cosmos that he gave his one and only son, that it wasn't just about people, but it was the whole beautiful order and harmony of the created world that God loved. He created it out of his love, and he loves it because it's his creation. So that wholeness and that order and that harmony is the exact opposite of the chaos that we so often experience as things are broken and disorganized and confusing. Cosmos comes out of chaos when there is creativity. I have this book that I love. Anybody know Madeline Lengel, A Wrinkle in Time? Yeah, that's her most famous. But she wrote this book, Reflections on Faith and Art. So her examples in here are dealing specifically with the fine arts. But it's really a study of faith and creativity. And I highly recommend it if you are someone who is interested in some more about this. She, um, she says a few things in here that I just want to share with you to get us thinking on this. She says, all art is cosmos, cosmos found within chaos. When the world is indeed in chaos, then an affirmation of cosmos becomes essential. When we look at the mess and we recognize the order of God's loving creativity and the harmony and the wholeness, we can keep going. We can keep breathing and we can live on to create another day. The discipline of creation be it to paint, compose, write. It is an effort toward wholeness. One of the most crippling errors of the 20th century culture has been our tendency to limit ourselves to our intellect. God understands the part of us which is more than we think, more than we think we are. Our conscious minds are indeed only the tip of the iceberg. So can we think with more than our intellects? Can we seek cosmos the world in its fullness, in harmony, designed by our loving God in the face of chaos. We are in him in whom all things were made on heaven and earth. All of that is held together in Jesus. What if, what if 
What if we asked what if a whole lot more often? Because that's really the start of a lot of creativity. We look at something, we know how it usually goes. Oh, okay, this thing happens next. Good, bad, or indifferent. And then we go, but what if it didn't? Creative writing is great. I, I knew a young lady many, many moons ago in a little creative writing group. And we asked the kids to create a world and to describe it. And it had to have distinctives. And she was working on this, and she was muttering to herself, and I heard her say, what if alligators could climb trees? It's my husband's worst nightmare right there. <laughs> Not a big fan of alligators, but um, it's a dumb little thing, but it started her into the creation of a world in her story where alligators nested in the trees. And then what would that do to everything else? And I really don't remember what it did to everything else. And it's horrifying, probably. But what if is a super powerful phrase. Okay, so um, we have a prison care team. If you don't know that about us, we have a prison care team, which is so very awesome. And we have adopted a prison in Colorado. And for a year and a half, we've been looking for ways to create positive prison culture by supporting from the outside. So that means supporting with encouraging pen pal relationships, that means supporting corrections staff who are overworked, under-resourced, and hated by the people that they're with all day long, every day in their workplace. And we do appreciation events for them, and we've been looking for ways to start an art exchange program for the residents who don't want to write letters, but who want connection with other visual artists on the outside. So this has been growing. A lot of you have been a part of it. Um, a year and a half, it's been plugging along, plugging along, plugging along. And that has felt to me like discipline in a creative process. We're trying to create something that I can't find anywhere. I investigated a bazillion prison ministry organizations all doing wonderful work, a bazillion prison reform groups all doing wonderful work, and couldn't find anything that saw a prison as a neighborhood and that said, what is going to be a blessing to the inmates is also going to be a blessing to the staff and vice versa. They all need something better. They all need mutual respect. They all need shared goals that they can agree on. And I couldn't find anything doing that, so this has been an exercise in creative problem solving for me. And this week, y'all, I have the proof right here. It's an envelope. Dear Life Path Church Prison Care Compassion Team, thank you for your ministry letter, for your continuing outreach on behalf of our staff and our offender population. It is so healthy to know that a ministry like yours has the concerns of everyone involved. The Correctional Officer Appreciation Event you provided this past May was well received and put smiles and comfort in the hearts of our staff here. Thank you. Your letter mentioned that you desire to be an ongoing support to the people here. I appreciate the offer. Can you send posters eight and a half by 11, that explain your purpose and mission so that we may post the information throughout our facility. This would be a great place to start and would provide an equal opportunity to everyone who would like to reach out to your team. I am certain that many other men would be thankful. Those with whom you have been communicating have shared their appreciation with me. They speak so well of you and your group of prayer warriors. Thank you, and may God continue to bless your efforts. And that is from the new chaplain at the facility. Guys, we have a staff ally at Crowley. Is that the coolest? Yay! But it has felt like discipline in creative problem solving for me because it took a year and a half. That was a long time for me. I'm not that patient. All right. Um, so 
totally lost my place, what if, what if, what if? What if learning something new became a high priority, and then we tried something new in an effort to reach that goal? Rachel England, a lot of you know her. She's currently leading our kids through some amazing stuff this morning. So she is not in the room. She also hates public speaking, but I really wanted you to hear her heart on this topic because Rachel is living a life that revolves around creativity. So we got, you right for it? creative and came up with a solution for someone who doesn't like public speaking but who I want you to hear in public. So we did a little video um, as she and I just had a conversation in her studio earlier this week. And we just trimmed it down into a little something and this gets her off of the microphone but it still lets you sit in to hear the heart that God's put in her and the wonderful ways that she describes how some of this can play out as we live lives of holy creativity. So listen to Rachel. Um, I went to art school uh, for college, and um, there I taught a class on Fridays for adults with developmental disabilities and kind of found a little bit of what I do now, like the passion mm -hmm. for it then, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's pure, it's, it's just pure art in a way that we don't always see, you know, just like a sincere effort. <laughs> you know okay. so i just love it and um and i tried on a ton of different hats and tried a ton of different jobs and i do love teaching other ages and other you know groups and i love teaching in general but arts with severe mental uh, artists with severe mental illness are a whole different kind of challenge and so that's who you teach now yes so that's who i teach now. but um i'm not just teaching this is what i love about my job i'm not just teaching art i'm teaching rehabilitative skills i'm teaching a cooking group every week i'm teaching um we're doing we're hiking and we're learning native species so that's become a thing now um and fishing group where i'm learning how to fish it's important also that i'm learning these okay. things mm -hmm. as everyone is Level which is why my cooking group is so funny because I'm actually learning as we're going, <laughs> usually. <That's awesome. laughs> it's really important to take that shield down where that we might be embarrassed or vulnerable or whatever, mm -hmm. to just say, mm -hmm. this is who I am, all the good, the bad, the ugly, and let's- And I'm trying this thing. And let's try this yeah. thing <laughs> yeah. together. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's great. All right, so we were created to be creative. This is not something I have to try to convince you of. No. Nope. This is your heart, your soul, your, right? Why? I mean, who cares? Uh, well, I think it's why I actually, and this is just me, cannot deny the existence of God. Okay, we, explain. Well, we create in ways that animals don't. <laughs> for better or for worse, <laughs> we create and destroy in unique ways, you know? So it's when I was in a place where I was really asking big questions about God, I kept coming back to art. I do believe in divine inspiration because I've seen it over and over and over and over again in my life where there's no explanation for it. There's no previous education or experience that I'm aware of but that is creating this thing for the benefit of others. Okay. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
there's the divine in that, yes. you know? Every single thing we do, if it's problem solving, using your imagination is an creative act. So cutting a potato, not many things are firing in my brain, not very creative. But if I'm cutting potato and thinking about how I'm gonna make that potato, how I'm gonna make it good, I'm gonna make it less dry, how I'm gonna make it, you know, and then I'm doing all this problem solving and I'm using my imagination because I wanna taste something, you know? Right. Creative. So sometimes it's okay to just make a mess and be okay with that because it sometimes transforms and because some becomes something different, right? So I don't even think of my art as finished. It's in, it's in flux. So it just like we are, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I can change things up and, and this drives some people crazy to see like a painting transformed so dramatically in ways that they're like saying goodbye to beautiful. Like you ruined it. Right. Like I ruined so it, nice. but okay. that's why I can't care. Cause that's my, that's my, I think it's, I don't know. I think that's how we learn. And I think that's sometimes it's just, I don't know. In order to create, we do have to a little bit destroy, you know what I mean? Make some messes, go without any inhibitions and attempt something. As long as you know, it's not a bad thing. Just try something that you've never tried before without expecting it to be successful or good or whatever, and just go and, and try it, you know, and maybe that builds up a little bit of a, an ability to be like, it's okay that you don't like this, <laughs> you know? I'm always curious to see why people like or don't like certain things. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But it, I guess I think that's why I may, that may be one of the reasons why it doesn't really bother me. Okay. If someone doesn't like something, because then it does start those conversations. Yeah. And I yeah. find it fascinating. We all have different styles and ideas and right. backgrounds and everything coming to, you know, right. a piece of art or whatever, cooking, there's a whole bunch, you know, yeah. yeah, I, there are certain, certain things that a lot of people in this world love that I think is gross. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's just my taste. That's another way that it builds community is that if we're willing to have conversations about things like this, it does create a much more indelible bond, I think, between people. Yeah. Abstraction is vulnerable, you know what I mean? And you get a little abstract when you're talking about philosophy and art and yeah. you know what I mean? Sometimes having different vision from everyone else, having a vision, an idea of something, and also recognizing that we all have a vastly different vision or ideas for something, you know? That's one of the things I do with a lot of times with the, with the clients is that, you know, okay, what, what are your wellness tools? What are the things that you could develop that you can become imaginative and creative and, and okay. build on? What are those coping skills of yours? What, you know, mm -hmm. um, some people really cleaning is important yeah. and you can be a super creative cleaner. Yeah. Really creative. And there's a lot of it there. And, and that's a beautiful, I so admire it and I wish I had it. <laughs> I wish I just found absolute joy in organizing and cleaning. <laughs> Why are we trying to create an art exchange with our adopted prison? Because people who have real life suffering experience makes the best art. 
<laughs> I mean, I mean, maybe that's really selfish, but I want to see their art. I just do. I want to see it. I've, I, I, I used to exchange letters with um, a family friend of mine that went to prison and he made art for me. And it's some of my favorite art that I've ever seen in my life. So I, I, and, and also because I think it's essential to be if for those people that are creative in the traditional sense, making art, writing poetry, doing, you know, writing stories, doing um, drama, wouldn't that be fun? I'm hoping that, I'm hoping that this inspires a response as well. I mean, that's all I can hope for, but yeah, I think so too. I hope so. I'm thrilled. Also because it's like, we have to share our gifts. <laughs> we just right, have to, you right. know? Well, I'm gonna challenge you that when you get this zine that you work in it, because uh -huh. it's gonna be more of a, I think I want there, there to be a lot of contributions in different styles and ideas, but also a lot of questions. So that then, because questions are the ultimate thing that's gonna make, questions present the problem that you're solving imaginatively, right? Right. So. If this is a zine full of questions with art that's meant to inspire, right. then... Then it really stirs yeah. that yep. problem solving. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And that's collaboration yeah. on the outside where you are not forgotten, where right. there's people eagerly waiting right. for the next thing that you send back because yeah. you're all in this together. Yeah. You're creating this side by side. It's absolutely yeah. beautiful. It's, it's a simple. fantastic idea. It's I mean, I'm simple. so excited about it. Yeah. It's divine, absolutely divine. Cannot deny all the pieces coming together and the people showing up, the divinity in this communal project, you know? Right. <laughs> There's not a more perfect way to end this. <laughs> yeah. Everything back. Good. <laughs> so y'all can thank Rachel later for being willing to share her heart with us. I just want to hit on a couple of things that she said there. Pure art for her equals sincere effort. As an artist, she says that for her, pure art is when she sees a sincere effort. Boy, that gives me hope, because I'm not a visual artist. And you heard her, it's now public, she has challenged me to personally participate in the collaborative zine that we're going to be working on with our artists at Crowley and artists here. And I'm not a visual artist, but I'm going to find ways creatively to participate. Rachel said, creativity is more than art, it's rehabilitation. She works with severely mentally ill clients, and she uses art to help them. But she's really teaching rehabilitative skills, the broken places in our lives, the places that need to be strengthened and to be worked and to be healed and to be fixed, need creativity in them. Because the way we've done things before, that's where all the hurt came from. That's where all the brokenness came from. we got to get creative and try things differently. We have to lay down our shields and say, let's just try this thing. you got to make some messes. you got to keep your creative projects continually unfinished. Make and remake and remake again. We all become more creative in our problem solving and our growth in love when we are willing to have conversations about the things that we observe, whether we liked the things or not. Great suffering, when allowed to create, produces great art.
The Prison Care Art Exchange is going to need different styles, different perspectives, and good questions. Hint, hint, hint. That would mean contributions from lots of people. Questions present the problem that you are trying to solve in an imaginative setting and stirs creativity. And there is divine inspiration in our creative efforts. <laughs>